Good morning guys and welcome back to my channel. So I have been um, doing some studying on voiceovers and some tips and techniques that can help um, make my voiceovers a bit better and uh, making the reading sound better. So um, let's try this and see if it's going to work for us. We are actually busy with uh, Ghost of Sussex and we are going to continue um, reading that today. And um, the chapter that we are reading is called The Lady in White. So are we ready? Let's try this. The Lady in White. Preston Manor rests on ancient foundation because the place has been inhibited since Saxon times. Down in the basement, there remains evidence of a 13th century stone built house. Over the years, the manor has been rebuilt and extended, and its present form dates from 1738. William Stanford bought the property and 980 acres for £17,600 in 1794. Thence, the property devolved in 1853 on the Harris Ellen Stanford, then a five-year-old child. Lieutenant Colonel J. Bennett Stanford was her only son. For many years, there had been a tradition that a ghost known as the Lady in White haunted the place. In the late 19th century, the ghost had become such a regular visitor that she was expected to put in an appearance once every four to six weeks. Lieutenant Colonel Bennett Stanford, grandmother Mrs. MacDonald, who lived in the manor, seems to have struck a special chord of sympathy with the ghost, and so her many times. In fact, her grandson went so far as to say the ghost was her great friend. He never saw her himself, not being one of those people, he said. Other members of the family saw the ghost. Miss Di MacDonald saw her once when the house guests were having a tennis party. Di's shoes were hurting her, so she ran into the house to change them. Halfway up the main staircase, she saw the ghost standing up on the landing. At first, she did not realize it was the lady in white, and spoke to her, but did not receive any reply. Then she put out her hand to take the lady's hand, but her hand went through the figure and hit the wall. The ghost vanished. Her sister, Lily MacDonald, saw the ghost in 1896. She was standing on the drawing room, adjusting a new lampshade, when in walked the ghost and went right up to her as if she had something to say. Lily followed the ghost through the billiard room in the foot of the stairs, but when she tried to put an arm around her to detain her a little longer, the ghost faded away. The feeling in the family was that the lady in white was trying to tell them something, so it was decided to hold a seance. The seance was held in November 11, 1896, in the Cleves room, so called because the leather wall hangings are supposed to have belonged to Anne of Cleves. Around the table sat five people. They were Mrs. MacDonald and her daughter Lily, Mrs. Godrich Freer, a recognized medium, and her daughter. The only man present was Douglas Murray. Even with the best intentions, 
and Ouija board is not always a reliable instrument. So often it seems that malevolent spirits use the occasions for mischief. Instead of one straightforward ghost, the Preston Scions attracted at least three. When the board was asked if the lady who haunted the place could make herself known, the answer was that there were no ghosts. Out of welter of information, it was established that the lady in white was Sister Agnes who had died in 1535. But she was accompanied by another nun called Sister Caroline, who apparently hated her. Unfortunately, no reason for this antipathy was forthcoming, other than the fact that Sister Agnes had been excommunicated by the church. When she died, she had been buried in unconsecrated ground, but the reason for the drastic measures was not revealed. To add yet more confusion, a friar Martin appeared on the scene and said he had caused Sister Agnes to be excommunicated, although no crime had been committed, and the allegations against her were all lies. Sister Agnes also disclosed that her body was buried on the terrace immediately outside what was then the dining room. However, although Mrs. MacDonald was sympathetic to the ghost's request, she did not fancy having half a garden dug up on the off chance of discovering some old bones. But the Ouija board had started something and the matter was not going to be allowed to rest there. Not long after the seance, Mrs. MacDonald's married daughter and son-in-law arrived at Preston Manor for a visit. There were other guests too and they all looked forward to a happy festive season. But once after another, they began to suffer from severe sore throats. The symptoms were regarded with great seriousness in Victorian times because had not the prince consort died prematurely of typhoid in 1861. The cause was said to have been the bad drains at Windsor, so immediately Mrs. MacDonald began to worry about the drains at Preston Manor. She summoned the surveyor and asked him for his opinion, because after all she had spent quite a lot of money improving the drains not that many years ago. But the surveyor said the drains were in a bad state and needed urgent attention. So Mrs. MacDonald and her family removed themselves to a house in Brighton while workmen attended to the drains. Part of the necessary work meant digging a trench near the house on the south terrace. While engaging on this, the workmen made an unexpected discovery on January 29, 1897 and Mr. Beasley was informed immediately. He in turn hurried into the manor. Ever the perfect butler, he didn't wish to alarm Mrs. MacDonald, so he telephoned her daughter, Mrs. Magniac, and asked her to come at once. What had been discovered was a skeleton, and when the family physician Dr. Blaber arrived, he pronounced it to be that of a woman and that she had perfect teeth. The bones were an orange color, and Dr. Blaber thought they were at least 300 to 400 years old. However, the position of the skeleton provoked a new mystery, because it had not been laid in the ground in a normal fashion, but rather it had been scrunched up into a hole, head to feet. If this was indeed the skeleton of Sister Agnes, it raises the question as to whether she died of natural causes. The bones were gathered together, placed in a box, 
and the Preston gravedigger was instructed to bury it inside the churchyard. The bones were at least in consecrated ground. On January 29, 1898, Douglas Murray and Lily MacDonald held another seance in the Cleves room. This appears to have been a less fraught occasion than the last seance. Sister Agnes came through undisturbed by other ghosts and said that she was quite happy now that her bones had been reburied in the, in the churchyard and she was content to rest peacefully. By December 1898, Douglas Murray was able to write that it was almost two years since Sister Agnes had been laid to rest and she had not appeared since. However, the Lady in White did make one final appearance and it demonstrates the sympathy there must have been between her and Mrs. MacDonald. It was in November 1903 when Mrs. MacDonald had long been ill and confirmed to bed that Sister Agnes appeared at about 2 a.m. She stood at the foot of the bed staring intently at Mrs. MacDonald and nursed Glasspool. It was as if she had come to say farewell. However, she must have been a real enough looking figure because the nurse mistook her for Lily MacDonald. Next morning, Nurse Glasspool asked Lily somewhat plainfully if next time she came in to see her mother at night, she would be kind enough to speak as it was rather unnerving to see her come and go without a word. Mrs. MacDonald died on November 28th, 1903. So thank you very much guys. Thank you much for listening to this narration. Hopefully you enjoyed it and um, please come back for the next one. Until next time then guys and girls, cheers.